0: Well, everybody, we'll be in John chapter 10 if you want to flip your Bibles to there. If you have your Bibles or if you need to get out your Bible app on your phone and start calling it up. And uh, we'll be going through 1 through verse 10 today, but what we're going to be covering today is kind of a warning. See, warnings are all around us, everywhere that we find ourselves. See, some signs tell us where we can and can't go, that maybe there's danger behind it, that there's something that's over in this area that you shouldn't be at. If you're around a military base, you'll see a lot of those warning signs out there. Some signs of warning signs will tell you, like, hey, this is a high-voltage place. You don't want to go here. It's dangerous to be there. It might tell you that there's a, a line. Uh, right now, I think we see a lot of signs, danger, swimming at beach, right, because of the shark attacks down south and things of that nature. We're seeing a lot of the warning, don't do this signs right now. But sometimes there are just warning signs that make no Sense. Go ahead and take a second to read that. I'll read it for those of you who can't see uh, quite because uh, of the small rain. Breathing the air in, the park, or in this parking garage can expose you to chemicals including carbon monoxide and gasoline or diesel engine exhaust, which are known to the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects and other reproductive harm. Do not stay in this area longer than necessary. Uh, the interesting thing about this sign was it was on the side of an open-aired parking lot. Yeah, I didn't quite understand it either. That's why it's there. So sometimes we see warnings and they don't don't make sense to us. And then sometimes we just see warnings that nobody obeys anyways. And that's this last one. This is, you know, right lane closed ahead. Yeah, how many people have seen that out there and everybody's trying to push that right lane all the way down until they're right there and that's why traffic gets backed up for miles in construction zones, right? Because we just don't pay attention to the warning. Well, today Jesus is teaching about a warning that we as a church need to take to heart about a sense of what it means to be the body of Christ and that there is an enemy, that Satan is attacking it on a regular basis and we have to be cautious about it and set ourselves aware. And so today's title, Beware of the Thief, John 10, 1 through 10, is exactly what we have to be cautious and what he warns us in this first part. So if you could, please stand with me if you're able. If not, please remain seated as I read from Scripture. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him, meaning stranger, because they don't know the voice of the stranger. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All all who come before me Our thieves, or excuse me, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance." Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today as a a body, as a group of believers to hear your word, to understand your truth, to be able to discern good from bad, to be able to protect this body, to come together and be strong. So Lord God, let us take this message to heart. Let us understand what it means to be in your fold, to be in your pen, and to have you protect us by guarding the door. So, Lord God, this is our offering prayer that we come before you to hear your word and to be changed by it. To be made knowledgeable so that we, as a body, can be safe as you provide protection for us. Lord, this is our prayer. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So I have to admit, this was probably one of the hardest sermons to write because if you take it in the large section from 1 until about verse 18 or so, you get conflicting conversations and we're going to break this out into 1-10 through to talk about Jesus being the door and what it means to be the shepherd in that context and what he's talking about in the first section and then next week we'll talk about the second section what it means by the fact that he's the good shepherd as like the perfect example of what a shepherd is. But the first thing I ran into is, is, what does it mean to be in a sheep pen? I don't know about you, but I've never raised sheep. The neighbor across from us had sheep, or from my, actually from my in-law's house had sheep, and I've seen them out in the pasture running around, but I didn't understand this. And so I started taking a look into it historically about what it was. And what the sheep pen was is, is they came into a community so if I'm a shepherd and I'm coming across and I find a little village or a bunch of tents set up or anything like that, I'd bring my sheep to the pen where all the sheep would go to. So not just my sheep were in there, but all the sheep. So Joe's down the street and Alfred's over there and Melissa's over there are all crammed in this, in this area, in this fenced-in or in this walled-in area, and that's the sheep pen. And so we have to think in mind is that we are in amongst everybody, I want you to stop and think about that for a second. A lot of times we like to think about how even though we're called to be in the kingdom and and be God's chosen, we still have to live in the world. We're amongst all the sheep. We're amongst all the different different people with different masters in their life. And so that was what the sheep pen was. It was a place that was secured and it was a place that was of safety because your sheep wouldn't be out on the hillside open to the wolves and to the dangers that were out there. And so the sheep pen is a place of safety. It's a place of being put someplace to be kept. I know that's language we don't like a whole lot in our, 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 our modern-day society, to be kept, to be protected, to be set aside. But that's exactly what Jesus does for us. If you go to Micah chapter 2, verse 12, I'll turn to it here real quickly. Maybe. Come on. There it is. That's what I get for not marking my scripture ahead of time. It gives you all time to find it too. So chapter 2, verse 12 reads, I will indeed gather all of you, Jacob, meaning all of Jacob's people, all of the Israel, or all of the nation of Israel, I will collect the remnant of Israel and I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in the middle of its pasture. It will be noisy with people. So in other words, there'll be a lot. See, Jesus is using language that every Jewish person in the audience at this time, there's some argument of whether this was at a time of festival or not, but there were a lot of people around and every one of them would have understood this because this was ancient language inside their tradition, inside their knowledge of who God was and what he was going to do for Israel. The concept of being sheep was a, a very familiar one to them. And so as he's sitting there talking about it, there's not a mistake in anybody's mind that he is declaring himself God again. This is an important message that we have to remember is that Jesus never, ever said he was anything but God. So everybody who tells you that he was just a good man or that he was the son of God, that he wasn't really God himself but just the son of God didn't understand what Christ was speaking. Just like the Pharisees and the Jews of this time didn't understand what he was saying in this moment. See, the language of being a sheep which has become a very bad thing, you know, don't be a sheep, don't be a follower, bah, when you're doing something that someone tells you to do, right? We're, we're told to push back against the establishment. This is exactly what we should be under God. We should be obedient in following the good shepherd. We should be obedient in listening to his commands and his directions because that's what God had always intended was to bring his flock together and place them in the pen of safety So that the wolves couldn't come and devour them and attack them. That was the purpose of the pen. And so here we have Jesus saying in this time that we're in the pen and that the good shepherd comes in. But he continues on, he says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So, we're going to talk a little bit about the shepherd in a second, but I want to talk about this next section. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep. And when, oh, I'm sorry, I got to go back to two. I got ahead of myself, or back to one. I got ahead of myself. By the gate, but climbs in other some other way is a thief and a robber. Church, the thief and the robber comes in, not through the gate, not by authority or not by allowance but through the side and over. The thief is the person who comes into the pen and is destructive who wants to break apart the flock. See, what Jesus is warning us about is the false teachers and the false prophets. About the people who come into the church to destroy it or for their own reasons and not for Christ. They come in and they preach not Christ but some other thing. And we're seeing this all too often in today's world. And so this is why we have to take this warning sign that Jesus is giving us is to watch out for the wolves, watch out for the robbers, watch out for the thieves. If you turn to Matthew chapter 7, Verse 15, Jesus is speaking and he says. You can tell the humidity is thick. My pages are sticking together. He says, Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. So here again we get that sheep flock concept being brought in. This is Jesus speaking about what they should be cautious about. Maybe you saw the scroll before we have a new member, Tracy, she's been attending our church for a long time, but she has recently taken on the membership covenant. And people ask me all the time, why do you guys take members? Why doesn't it just have, you know, everybody comes? Well, here's the reason why. When you become a member, that means you've gone through, you've been here a while, you've heard our doctrines, you've heard what we've taught, you've been part of the body, we've known you and you've known us. And in that process, we can understand that you're not a sheep, or you're not a wolf in sheep's clothing. It gives us the sense of understanding that you're truly here for what God has called you here to be, to be part of the body in the way that God has purposed you to fit into this body. It's a sense of understanding that inside the pen, we need to have safety and not allow the thief and the robber to come in from the side and do his damage. So that's why we look to membership. Now, if you're not a member, you don't want to become a member, you're more than welcome to be here. You're more than welcome to participate. But that's why membership means something in today's church. Because all too often we have people that are about themselves coming into church and not about Christ. And if they never hear the message of Jesus Christ, never have that change their heart and become something greater than what they want out of life and actually pursue what God wants in their life, they can be destructive and damaging and we have to be cautious about that. See, warning signs have a purpose. Even the ones we may not understand are the ones that we don't always want to obey, but they have a reason that they're there. Jesus' warning to be cautious, to watch out for the robbers and the thieves has to be taken seriously. We can't just step back and sit there and say, all are welcome into the close-knit group, into the pen, because we don't know who you are. I know that's a hard message. I know that's not one we'd like to say, because I, I promise you, if you come in here, you'll be welcomed. No matter who you are, what you've done in life, we'll welcome you. And you will be welcome to come here for as long as you want and as long as you want to hear the Word of God, please join us. Lift up a joyful noise and worship. Be present in this fold. But there are going to be certain things we're going to be cautious about, like letting you teach youth and children. Or being in leadership in the church until we know that you're part of the fold, that you're part of the flock, that you truly accept and submit to Jesus Christ. See, that's the lesson that he's teaching right here. If you turn to Acts chapter 20, we have a similar warning that's given to the churches through the apostles. Verse 29 reads I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them therefore be on alert remembering that night and day for three years i never stopped warning each other of you with tears see here paul's talking about how the fact that he lamented he mourned and he teared over the fact that there would be dangers even from within the fold, inside the flock that would come out and attack it. So Jesus' warning in chapter 10 is one that needs to be heard. It's one that we need to sit back and listen to, take into heart and understand what does it mean to love everybody, to be generous with everybody, but to still protect the body of Christ that's here. It's strong enough that Jesus himself spoke about it. strong enough that Paul lamented and warned for three years as he went through his ministries. And so here, we have to have an understanding that we have to be cautious. We have to know who's coming in and who's not. And so that's why we celebrate membership. I know the picture is something new that we haven't done historically since I've gotten here. But we need to. We need to know who are members and who aren't, who are coming together in a way that Jesus Christ is forming this church and understanding it fully and completely. He continues on in verse 2, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, and the gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all all his own outside, he goes ahead of them, the sheep follow him because they know his voice. It's an important thing. See, the shepherd is the one who points you to God. See, that's why Jesus is going to be called the good shepherd in the next, uh, next sermon next week is because of the fact that he's the ultimate in, in glorifying and pointing humanity to God. But see, the shepherd is the person who moves you towards God. That could be me as a pastor, it could be someone sitting right next to you. See, being a shepherd isn't an assigned paid position. Being a shepherd is just having a heart to take people, move them closer to God, to direct them in a path that moves them and shows them God, first and foremost. See, that's the purpose of a shepherd. It's not someone who tells you to go and do weird, crazy things. It's someone who tells you to go and look and pray to God. Ask what God has to teach you in this moment gives you the strength and the courage, or maybe even holds you and picks you up and carries you that distance, but moves you closer to God. See, that's who he's talking about here. That's the shepherd. The shepherd's the one who enters in through the gate because the doorkeeper, who he identifies himself as, and this is Jesus identifying, says, truly I tell you in verse seven, I am the gate for the sheep. So in other words, he's the gate, he's the keeper. He only allows those into the fold who will be shepherds and point and move them forward. So each and every one of us who has a heart to shepherd, to move people towards God, fall into this category. He says they go ahead. They go in and they collect. See, they know each and every one of their members. They know each and every one of their true believers that are inside the fold, inside the sheep's pen. And they come in and by name they call them and they bring them forward. And instead of sending them out all by themselves, they lead the way. They walk in forward so that they can either see or avoid the danger or defend against the danger as they move forward. See, that's the shepherd that's before you. There's many terms that we call them, sometimes pastor, sometimes chaplain, but it's the person who takes you by their side or lets you walk behind them as you go through your difficult times and shows you the way to God in that moment. See, that's what we need to drive towards. That's what he's telling us to be cautious about is to not let robbers and thieves who come in and steal the flock away to go chase weird and crazy things and not be moved towards God. Now, he's speaking in a time of history where the the zealots are very big. They're fighting the Roman Empire and the zealots of the Jews are pulling Jewish believers away from God against the synagogues and away from all the, all the righteousness of, of being part of the Jewish population and they're sending them off to fight the Romans. This is the direct line that he's talking about right now. He's saying those who have come before me, man, they, they've been robbers and stealers. They're taking you and driving you away from something that isn't of God. God doesn't care who is in charge of the world because the world is finite. He cares where you are in alignment with for eternity. He cares who you are in alignment with so that you may have everlasting life. That's what God is concerned about. And so when he says that Jesus Christ is the gatekeeper, Jesus is making sure that those who come in through the gate who are known as the shepherd of the flock, are just those people who are going to bring you towards God. So he continues on. He says, they will never follow a stranger because the sheep know the voice of the shepherd because they have a relationship. And it's intimate. Have you ever seen that happen before? See, we see all the, all the shows because in Europe, they start using dogs to shepherd and move flocks. But if you ever get a chance See how the Middle East does it. I, I was really flabbergasted when I was over there because you see herds of sheep and goats moving and they're literally just following, not on leash, not on lead, but there'll be one or two shepherds in the front and they're walking ahead. They still do it this way and the sheep are just following them and every once in a while i will be like, hey, buddy, come on this way in the language that is there. I don't speak very good Arabic anymore so I'm not going to try it but let's go. Come on, hey, so-and-so from over there this way. See, the sheep knew the shepherd, and the shepherd knew the sheep. See, that's why church is meant to be relational above all else, is so that we know each other. So that if you're in the need of following a shepherd, you know the shepherd, and you know the heart of the shepherd, and you know that God has ordained that shepherd. Like I said, this isn't a paid position. There are plenty of people that are in this congregation who are shepherds, men and women who have no other want in the world except for to move you closer to God from the path that you're on to the path that God wants you on. So don't sit there and say, well, yeah, Pastor, that's great, that works for you, but this is a more-than-pastor thing. This is an understanding of who we are to bring everybody. In fact, I would argue that if you are a confessing Christian, you should be partly shepherding in nature because we are called to make disciples to bring people closer to God. And so they will not follow a stranger. Instead, they'll run away from him. So that's the thing we should think about is if someone ever gets in front of you and sits there and says, hey, follow me. I've got this great idea. If you just do this and it's not in alignment with what scripture has taught us or you don't know or it just doesn't seem like it's something that God would be, you should do what? You should turn and walk away. In fact, not even walk away. You should run away. But all too often, we're more than happy to follow the worldly advice of people. And we push off on the people who point us towards God because the walk that God has us on is much more difficult than the walk the world wants us on. Because who rules the world right now? Satan. And he's going to make that walk as downhill and as obstacle-free as possible to get you in the pit. See, the brother or the sister who comes to you and says, yeah, I know it's not going to be an easy track, but you need to live life this way because that's what brings goodness about. This is what brings success about in the sense of feeling and having spiritual maturity. And it's an uphill walk because you've got to get there. But we should turn and look at the easy path and just run sometimes because it's not the path that God has us on. They will run away from him because they don't know the voice of the stranger. But Jesus ran into the problem like he had through all so many times when he was talking about being the breath of life and the living water and the bread of life and people didn't understand it. What do you mean we're in the sheep and in the pen that we need to follow the good shepherd and don't watch for the robbers? They may have understood in contextualization. They might have understood it in the sense of the zealots, but they didn't understand what it meant to truly be submissive to the shepherd. And so when he says, all who came before me and are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them, he's saying that the people who have listened to God, who have dedicated their lives to God, already know who the shepherd is because the shepherd sounds like God. Because the shepherd is nothing more than the vessel of God in that present moment. He says, I am the gate, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So in other words, the shepherd who comes in through the gate already has my authority, already has my permission to be in the pen. See, that means that the person who's shepherding you, who has dedicated their life to Christ, who has submitted themselves through faith and confession, is the one that God has given authority to shepherd you along and move you towards it. Again, we have to remember, this isn't just a positional place. This is how we as believers as a whole should operate. He will be saved and come in and go out and find pasture. So in other words, a freedom to move in and out, to do as I command and as I will through that door. And we'll have pasture. Pasture has always been known in Israel as being a place of safety, a place of abundance, a place to go and feed and relax and be in a joyful area. And so you'll be able to move in and out through the door and find pasture. And he warns us the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. These are terminologies that always get put to Satan but he's just speaking about the wolves that come into our congregations. There will be people that will come through the door that want nothing more but for themselves and will never sacrifice their life to Christ. They'll never lay before the throne and sit there and say, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. And they will ask and bring people and sit there and say things are stupid inside the church. In fact, they may never even grace the front steps of the door. They may be people that are down your street or in the community around us who simply tempt us by saying it's stupid, you should just follow the easy path. Why do you work so hard when you could be on such an easy street? But he says, that message is the one that comes to destroy, that comes to steal, comes to kill. And so we have to be on guard. We have to be warning ourselves to not take the bait and not fall prey to that. And Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. That those who submit to the good shepherd, those who hear the message of Jesus Christ and follow through it will have an abundant life. Now, this isn't a prosperity gospel. This isn't the sense that you'll be rich and a millionaire, but it will mean you'll have an abundant life. Your relationships will be rich and joyful with hope. You will know that you have something deeper inside of you to draw from the next day when it's more difficult. You know upon Christ that you stand and so you know who you are and what your identity is in the image of God. See, this is abundant life because nothing can attack you at that point. I won't say that nothing can attack you, but nothing can defeat you because you're standing in a place of strength. See, when you are the sheep in the pen and the shepherd walks through that door and you hear God's voice and you know it's God because it sounds like God, because you have a relationship with God and you can move in and out of the door with him and find pasture, that is when we have joy in our lives. That is when we find refreshment and relaxation in life. Even amongst the difficult trials. So the question I ask today and the direction I hope that you move forward with is, is, do you find yourself in the fold? Are you in the pen? Do you know the shepherd's voice when he speaks to you or are you still yearning to understand it? Are you still yearning to hear the true voice of the good shepherd Jesus Christ in your life? If you know it and you hear it, are you ready to travel out the door and move to pasture with him? Are you willing to follow him wherever he leads you? If you don't know it, are you willing to surrender the other master and let him be your master, to come in and share his love and his compassion with you, to be in relationship with the God who loves you enough to have died on the cross for you? That is our hope, to watch out for the wolves who might come in, those who will rob and steal, that they may lead to death, destruction. To open our lives up for abundant life. Each and every day we have those opportunities. Each and every moment we have the opportunity to hear the Good Shepherd. To hear his voice whether it's through another brother or sister who's leading us towards him or whether it's him directly through prayer but each and every day we have the chance to hear the voice of our good shepherd and know that we have been found named by name and called out to be in the presence of him and to move to pasture this is my hope this is my prayer for each and every one of you that you hear his voice clearly That as he comes through the gate and he opens your ears through his voice in your life, that you find joy and hope. That you find strength and courage, love and compassion. See, that is what it means to sit in the flock, to be part of the fold, to be a sheep of Jesus Christ.